Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Ace Couple Podcast. My name is Courtney. I am here with my spouse, Royce, and together we are, you guessed it, the Ace Couple. And one thing we do a lot on this show is talk about asexual representation in the media, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's ugly, and just what we'd like to see more of. And just recently, it came to our attention that GLAAD has released their annual Where We Are on TV report. This was their 27th annual report where they have been tracking the LGBTQ plus characters on TV. And the plus has a bit of a caveat because for the 27 years they've been doing this, I think asexual and non-binary representation has really only been counted for like the last seven. But it seems each year they're trying to grow and expand, either counting new identities or counting new platforms, because they haven't been counting Netflix as TV for as long as Netflix has been streaming. So Netflix got added. In fact, Todd from BoJack Horseman on Netflix was one of the prime reasons they started counting asexual representation, period. But for those of you who do not know, GLAAD stands for Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. So they are a queer organization. And they know, just like we know, that representation matters. Being able to see someone who has a similar identity or experience to you is incredibly valuable for queer people who typically aren't getting proper, well-rounded sex education in school, may not have words or vocabulary for our experience if you haven't seen someone else emulate that first or use those words first. So this is a very important report, and I'm glad they do it. I'm glad that GLAD does this, but we noticed something a little weird on their report this year. A few things a little weird. A few things a little weird. So... I think we're going to call this episode, uh, What Glad Got Wrong. (laughs) What Glad Got Wrong About Asexual Representation. And you know, the kind of funny thing is, we started (laughs) getting so confused and perplexed by the things we were seeing coming out of this report, that we kind of dropped everything while preparing to post an episode where we were talking about asexual representation in the show Heartbreak High, which made it into this report. So as we're trying to get this ready for our early Wednesday morning release, we're seeing contradictory information (laughs) coming out of this report, specifically pertaining to the ace rep. So we went on a, a bit of a tangent, and that episode came out late as a result. But now we have a whole new episode to talk about this specific report. So initially, I started seeing some tweets and some articles covering GLAD's findings. So I had to go through a couple of different steps before we pulled up the official report. But in these articles, in these tweets, they're specifically saying... Glad is highlighting the lack of asexual representation in media because there were only eight asexual characters counted. Now, I assumed right off the bat, based on those numbers, that they were really only talking about Western media or English language media, things that you could easily access via legal means in the U.S. because there are A lot more instances of ace rep in Asian-made media. We found lots of 
like an anime manga. Manga wouldn't count because this is just television. But we've also covered Kuisanu Futari, which is a live action that has two really brilliant Arrow Ace characters. So I assumed they were not going to be in this report. Based on that assumption, I was trying to count in my head, like, how many am I aware of? And what ones have just slipped past us somehow? And so we immediately thought Cash from Heartbreak High, Abby Singh from The Imperfects, and then the character Elijah from Big Mouth. And other than that, I couldn't really think of anything else that I thought would make it into their report. Yeah, because some of the other ones we have covered were not current characters still being written into new media as of this year. Correct. So all these articles I was reading, breaking this down, sort of giving giving the cliff notes, the gist, the numbers, the figures, kept saying eight asexual characters. And I was saying, where, what, what eight? <laughs> what eight are you counting? Because I'm not going to say it's impossible that something has slipped past us. But since we started this podcast and since we started talking about representation... Usually people let us know. People let us know. Shows we never would have thought about or heard of or considered watching, people will ask us to watch. We get tagged on Twitter. We get DMs. We get emails. We get comments. Like People will tell us if there's... Even a strong headcanon that isn't confirmed, people will tell us these days. So I was like, wow, where are these ace hidden gems? So I found the actual official report from GLAD. And right off the bat, there is a letter from the office of the CEO, Sarah Kate Ellis. And a line from that letter says... Another oft-underrepresented group also saw a significant increase this year. Glad counted eight asexual characters, up two from the previous year. So they're saying, this year they counted eight, last year they counted six. And they're saying, yeah, they're still underrepresented, but we saw an increase. And now I'm skeptical, because I, <laughs> I don't actually think there was an increase. A lot of the really, really good ace characters we've enjoyed are no longer on ongoing shows. But here's the weird thing. Once we started digging into it, because we want we wanted to know who these eight characters are, because do we need to cover this? Do we need to watch these things? On page five of the report, it states that of the 596 characters counted across all three platforms, 210 were gay men, 180 were lesbians, 149 were bisexual plus. I, I assume by bisexual plus they also include, like, pan as a spectrum. That's my assumption, yeah. 25 were queer, 14 were straight trans characters, 12 had an undetermined sexual orientation, and 6, 1%, were asexual. So, okay, there's now a discrepancy. <laughs> where, where did the eight come from? After combing this report, the only time eight is mentioned is in that CEO's letter. So I don't know how the CEO got eight. I was willing to say it's a typo, but the word eight is actually spelled out. So whoever typed this actually thought there were eight characters. It wasn't just you hit the number eight instead of six. But the report itself in the body says there are six asexual characters. So, okay, we counted three. Glad is saying there's six. How do we account for that? 
So searching through the presentation, which luckily has been OCR'd, you can just control F, find through it. That was helpful. Oh yeah, just control F asexual and, and see for themselves every time they use that word what they're saying. <laughs> One thing that I find a little frustrating and kind of confusing because they, they did all this research, they put together this 50-page presentation. Summary, yeah. Summary. Where's the raw data and is that published? I looked around for it. I just want to see a list of all nearly 600 characters and their orientation and their show. Just, oh yeah. Like where's the actual data? Because four asexual characters are mentioned by name in this presentation. Right. The other two out of the six we had to infer. Yeah, well, here here's the weird thing, because they definitely have more information somewhere that is not available to us. Because in the report, the CEO is saying eight. The body of the report, the text there, is saying six. And they go through and they say, you know, here's what we found on broadcast television. Here's what we found on cable. Here's what we found on streaming sites. So they found that there are zero asexual characters counted on broadcast television for the 2022 and 23 season. But then we got to the summary of cable findings and we were baffled. We were floored <laughs> because it said... There are two asexual characters counted on cable. Twins Glenn and Glenda from Sci-Fi's Chucky. So there is a lot to unpack here. <laughs> One, that there was a TV series that had already aired for two seasons based off of the Child's Play franchise, which the first three Child's Play movies I watched when I was very little. So, and then I dropped off. I had no idea, one, that there was a two-season TV series, or that they were done with seven movies now, if you ignore the pretty much across-the-board panned remake. I'd never seen any of those movies. When I, when I was a kid, I loved horror movies, but I didn't really have anyone who would get them for me or watch them with me. So, really, the only horror movie I watched like, with parents, with family, was watching The Shining with my mom. I remember doing that a lot, repeatedly. That was a movie I watched to the point of being able to memorize the entire script. Because my mom was a big Stephen King fan and read the novels, so therefore she liked the movie. But my mom never had an interest in just seeking out horror movies. So even going to, like, the blockbuster, I'd be like, hey, mom, can we rent this horror movie? And she'd be like, no, I don't want to watch that. And, <laughs> you know, our, our our movie rental budget at the blockbuster uh, wasn't enormous, so we had to pick and choose something we would, we would both like. <laughs> so even though I wanted to watch, like, the Chucky movies and things, I just never really did. And by the time I was, like, a teenager and able to rent my own movies and watch my own movies on my own, by that point... I didn't understand the concept of, like, comedy horror, and I was like, well, that that movie sounds cheesy. Like, a, a, a killer doll, really? And, and look at what it looks like. Like, that sounds cheesy. Like, I wanted something to chill me to my very core. <laughs> I wanted to be horrified, and I never was. Scary movies are never scary enough for me, even if they're honestly trying to instill terror into you. So I've recently found a newfound appreciation for comedy horror. <laughs> But also the Sci-Fi Channel. I don't remember the last time I've watched anything on the Sci-Fi Channel. 
But yeah, that that was the most surprising thing because now at this point we're like nobody was going to tell us there were two asexual characters on Chucky and also no one was going to tell us that that show even exists. <laughs> We'd never heard of it before. So of the six in the report, the other four come in under streaming saying that all four asexual characters appear on Netflix specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of weird that um, one of our still to this day, like, favorite ace characters was on a Netflix original, and now Netflix seems to be the only place producing new asexual characters, even if they're far more minor and not as well fleshed out, or as yet to be fleshed out. But they do state that those four characters that are asexual are all on Netflix, they only mention in the text, Netflix re- released new series Heartbreak High this year, which features an LGBTQ ensemble, including non-binary character Darren, lesbian and autistic character Quinny, asexual character Cash, and more. So they mention Cash by name, so we know that he's being counted here. But they also mention Elijah from Big Mouth by name. They say, quote, The most recent season of Big Mouth introduced Elijah, a young black teen who is coming to terms with being asexual. So they mention those two by name, and that's it. (laughs) So of the six or eight, if you're reading the talking points, they only mention four by name. Two from Chucky, Glenn and Glenda, and then Cash and Elijah. So we're filling in the blanks, and we're saying, well, we know Abby from The Imperfects was on Netflix for this season. So she's the next one. But that makes five. I can't find a way to get to six, and I definitely can't find a way to get to eight. But now here's where, if they've got incorrect or skewed data, it's going to be affecting other areas. Because once they get to talking about non-binary characters... They say there are 25 non-binary characters in total, eight of whom are queer, six are bi plus, two who are asexual, one who is gay, and eight who have been, who have undetermined sexual orientations. So we came to learn that the two non-binary ones that they're counting as asexual are Glenn and Glenda from Chucky. So now the data for non-binary characters is questionable, because we've been looking into this, but Our saga continued with just trying to find at least a sixth, a sixth character. Who could this possibly be since they aren't mentioning by name? So I went to GLAD's own website to see their own brief, like, bulleted summary of what they found. That wasn't from a third party writing a news report on it. And in their bullet point, they say there were eight asexual characters counted in this report. So there's that number eight again. And I'm pretty sure this is the bullet point that most people are using when they're writing articles about this without looking into the actual study. An increase from last year's two, those characters appear on Chucky, Big Mouth, Heartbreak High, The Imperfects, and The Umbrella Academy. (laughs) So now they're saying eight asexual characters in these five shows. And Umbrella Academy, pardon, we watched that and saw nothing. (laughs) So now we're going, hold up. What did we miss? At least based on that, we got confirmation that our filling in the blanks with Abby from The Imperfects was correct, because they mentioned The Imperfects here, although not in the study. But The Umbrella Academy was a was a weird one for us. So I just Googled to see what other people are saying, 
I googled the Umbrella Academy asexual. And you know what? That didn't help at all because I just got Tumblr posts and Reddit posts and just forums of people asking whether or not five could be asexual. And five is an old man in the body of a teenager. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Who time travels and his brain has gotten a little bit muddy from all the time traveling. Like at one point, okay, I just remembered this. So now I'm even, now I have even more questions about the people who think that he could be asexual. Wasn't he like talking to a mannequin at some point and like thought he was in love with a mannequin? That sounds familiar. It's been a long time. So old man with kind of muddy brain from time traveling in the body of a child <laughs> who's in love with a mannequin that no one else can talk to and seems to just be a completely inanimate object. And everyone's like, yep, that guy's asexual. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those weird ones where I just don't like the speculation. I, I just don't like it. So th this Reddit post from a deleted user now from three years ago says, Five is asexual? What are your thoughts? Just a thought I had during my recent rewatch. I mean, he's in love with a mannequin head, first of all. <laughs> but just for the partner part, he was only with Dolores, who's the mannequin head, all of those years to have some sort of loving companionship, not a sexual relationship. See, someone's like... Loving relationship without sex, that sounds asexual. But I'm like, that sounds like Wilson the Volleyball. <laughs> like, this is a castaway kind of a situation. <laughs> yeah, that seems a lot more fitting. It's a, it's a trauma relationship. Yeah. They, they go on to say he's never shown interest in anything sexual, second of all. Klaus, a, a sibling, brought up, you must be horny as hell after all those years in episode two, and five doesn't acknowledge this comment. He's also mentally a lot older than Klaus by this point because of all the time traveling. He is, and he seems to be the one who is most tired of everyone else's shit. Yeah, he's a grumpy old man the, the in the world, body of a kid. <laughs> and the world just, like, keeps ending around them. Yes, yes. You could say he's just a kid, and that's why, but he's not. He's in his 50s. I suppose you could also say he's too focused on the apocalypse and never really had time to care about any of that over the years. Also, he's a bit crazy, so anyways, just a thought. And, I mean, the comments are a range of things. People are like, yeah, this is uh, weird to speculate. I don't like it. Some people are like, yeah, that is personally my headcanon. Well, this comment says, I personally headcanon him that way. Klaus, when coming up with the backstory of being Five's dad, says the sex was amazing. And Five's response was, what a disturbing glimpse into that thing you call a brain cell. Or that thing you call a brain. And it definitely feels like a sex repulse ace sort of thing to say. I don't know. I didn't read it as ace because of the circumstances. Grumpy old man yeah. in the body of a teenager. Also like a sibling making up being your dad also implies like having sex with his mother yeah <laughs> as as like being grown up with as as siblings like adopted siblings but still siblings so like that's i don't think the disturbing glimpse comment was just because of sex <laughs> yeah so so i don't see it that way and the thing is at this point Going through all these comments, whether or not people think, yes, he is, no, he's not, it would be nice, but I don't think so, kind of the middle of the road things. To me, for a glad report, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. 
it it shouldn't count if if there's this much speculation and we're grasping at straws because the point is what is actually represented on TV so that we aren't grasping at straws what is actually there in front of us but i thought this surely can't be surely glad is not counting 5 as asexual because of this surely <laughs> but upon even more digging we found fay hargreaves who is a new character from the most recent season because timelines got all fucky and now there's a whole new cast of these like how would you explain it for someone who hasn't seen it kids with superpowers who are all born at exactly the same time yeah there's a whole new cast of them that yeah, didn't exist in the previous timeline they're adults now they're adults now they were found and raised by this organization to be superheroes basically yeah so Faye Hargreaves is brand new. They get into this new timeline and they're like, "Wait, our dad doesn't recognize us because in this timeline, he adopted totally unrelated kids with different powers." And Faye is a new character who becomes a nemesis. Like they're they're fighting her. She doesn't have eyes, but she can kind of see through these birds that she controls that kind of just like pop out of her back sometimes and can kind of go back into her so i guess there's some sort of extension of herself but they manifest as birds and we found an lgbtqia+ characters wiki that says Faye is asexual and first of all i might be misremembering because i i thought season 1 of the umbrella academy was great season 2 i thought wasn't quite as great and then season 3, I loved Victor and what they did with Elliot Page's character, but most of the plot was starting to lose me. <laughs> Cuz Elliot Page had starred in The Umbrella Academy before coming out as a trans man. So in the most recent season, they were like, "Let's work with that. Let's make your current character also trans and work that into the plot line." And I thought that was done really well. I thought it was very cool. I was very excited to see how they were going to do that after he came out. But most of the plot was <laughs> it wasn't gripping me as much as that very first season. So, but so correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Faye Hargreaves die? Isn't she gone now? So we're never going to get more of her unless they pull more shenanigans to bring her back. Yeah, I think she died near the end of the season, but there has been so much time travel going on in the series that I don't know if you could consider anyone's deaths permanent. Is this death going to stick? <laughs> so, the thing is, I don't remember her making any comments that could be read as ace. She wasn't really in any situations or conversations where it could have come up because she was also a rival. So she wasn't really having these like big in-depth conversations with the main cast for the most part. Yeah, she was mostly just threatening a couple of the main characters with crows. Yeah, sending crows after them. I remember one scene where she was like ribbing someone for hearing them have sex in the next room cuz she's like are we share a wall and your bed squeaks. But it was very much kind of like mocking that person was the tone. And so I I don't think you can take anything from that. But we were like, all right, where is this? So then I then I start googling Fay Hargreaves, asexual. And there aren't any official news articles. But 
I found a couple of excited fans saying things like, Ace Fey is canon, we won, <laughs> implying that there was a fandom who was headcanoning her as Ace, wanted her to be Ace, started talking about and making fan art of her being Ace, and then got excited when it was, quote, confirmed, when it was, quote, canon. We gotta have a serious conversation about that word canon, guys. <laughs> I found the screenshot. First of all, this was the actress who played Faye on an Instagram story. You know, the ones that are only available for 24 hours tops and then disappear. Now, the, the internet is forever, especially if you're a, an actress in a popular show. So someone screen grabbed it. But it's literally the actress saying, Def played Faye as an ace. Wasn't written in the character description, but it felt right, in case you had a hunch. And then referenced an artist who apparently made fan art of Faye with a pride flag. So, absolutely not. <laughs> apparently the producer of the show shared that Instagram story. But now people who really like this character and really like the idea of this character being Ace are saying... That she was confirmed as being ace by the actress and the producer. No. <sighs> You're allowed to like it. You're allowed to like it and want it and headcanon it. That's fine. But now I still don't know. Was this the character they were talking about in the Glad report? We don't know. <laughs> yeah, I want to see Glad's actual raw data, like their breakdown. Because the thing is, it seems like that is the character that is missing. But Faye actually appears in the report under the section of characters with disabilities, and mm. asexuality is not listed next to her character. Is another orientation listed? No. I bet that's the one they're talking about then. All they say is, all they mention is blind. Which is, uh, which is weird for me. I had complicated feelings about Faye because she doesn't have eyes. She wears dark black sunglasses. And any situation where she takes her sunglasses off, it's just, like, skin over where her eyes would be. Like, there aren't even empty eye sockets. It's just she just has skin there. And I looked up at one point. I was like, did they get a blind actress to play Faye? And they did not. The actress is cited, which I kind of have issues with. But then there was a fight scene where someone said, like, you fight pretty good for someone who's blind. And she just said, who says I'm blind? And then you see Vision through one of her crows that's flying around. And you see, like, an aerial view of what's going on. Yeah. So I don't like calling her blind for that reason. Because she herself doesn't call herself blind. And she very clearly does have vision through her birds. And then that made me think, well, okay, may maybe that's a little better that they didn't get a blind actress, but even if they were saying she has vision through her birds, I think it would have been cool and better to get a blind actress to do that. I think it could have been really cool, but they didn't. And the Glad Report, by the way, I believe only had 27 disabled characters. So not a lot. So if that's our confirmation that they're using Faye as a queer character, they're, they're counting her as being asexual because the actress said it wasn't in the character description, but I played her as ace. First of all, what is playing someone as ace? If this actress is not ace, 
And she's like, oh yeah, I, I played her as an ace. What, what does that mean? That's meaningless. That is absolutely meaningless. Like, what does it mean to play a character as gay? If, if a straight actor on a TV show where a character is not stated as being gay is like, oh yeah, I played this character as gay. What, what does that mean? <laughs> it is truly meaningless. And saying, oh, I def played her as an ace on an Instagram story, no less. Like, this wasn't even a big, like, widely publicized interview, even. So it's only the hardcore fans. It's only the people doing headcanons that are seeing this as any form of legitimate. So since she appears under the disability section, and I can find no other stated orientation for her whatsoever, that's who they're talking about. And we're also seeing no other hint of anyone in the show that it could be instead. No. So now we have an actress who's not blind playing a character that Glad is saying is blind. And we have a character, we have an actress who's presumably not ace, who's saying she's, she's playing this character as ace. I should look up if that actress has stated her orientation, because I guess I shouldn't assume. But even in that instance... I'm in favor of ace actors, like, getting work and jobs and being real-life representation as this is a real-life ace person, but that doesn't mean all your characters are ace either. Well, I don't know where they got this information, but on leswatch.tv, Brittany Oldford is listed as a cisgender heterosexual woman. I also saw straight listed on another website that I did not have a lot of confidence on. It's It seems like this actress doesn't have a ton of public information, so mm -hmm. that may be assumed. So, like, based on that, I reject Faye's being included in this report at all, period. Altogether. Altogether. <laughs> Altogether. So that, from the count, if we're saying that they're counting... Glenn and Glenda on Chucky, Elijah on Big Mouth, Cash on Heartbreak High, Abby from The Imperfects, and then Faye from The Umbrella Academy. That's the six. So that's probably the six that they're referring to, period. And that eight came out of nowhere. Yeah, that, that <laughs> the, eight must have just missed their editorial process. That seems like a mistake. The eight seems to come only from the letter of the CEO, and but was, I think people are reading that letter instead of the full report, and that made it into Glad's bullet points, which is now making it into all of the subsequent news articles. And that eight was also accompanied by, it is up to from last year. Well, the eight is incorrect, so <laughs> they actually got six last year and six this year. Mm -hmm. However, <laughs> I don't think fake counts, so let's let's knock that down to five, shall we? And we were like, gosh, what's the deal with this Glenn and Glenda on Chucky? So we went to watch it immediately. <laughs> and I gotta just say, Glenn and Glenda are non-binary. They are twins. They both use they, them pronouns. I love that. I loved the way they did the non-binary representation for them. I thought it was good. I liked it. Not a word about sexual orientation anywhere. Anywhere. We watched every episode they were in, and the only moment that there could have almost maybe been a one-off line that someone could have taken and used, they didn't even use that opportunity because their, um, their mother was talking to them. One of them, I think it was Glenda this time, 
their mother was talking to Glenda and there was a very serious like, oh, we need to talk. And, and the, the mother was just saying like, oh, what's going on? Oh, are you pregnant? Because I've always wanted to be a grandmother. I thought I'd be a good grandmother. And Glenda's response was not to say anything that could be misconstrued as ace. Not, I'm not sexually active. I'm not having sex. I'm not having that kind of sex or like, you gross. Nothing like that. They just latched on to the I want to be a grandma comment and said, Mom, can you please stop making everything about you? That was it. They're never shown in a relationship, and that's not enough evidence to say that they're ace. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love them. I would love if they were canonically ace, but they just aren't. They just aren't. So that would make it three. <laughs> That would make it three, and I'd also like to point out that half of the GLAD reports suspected asexual characters are... Well, we have one person who's also being listed as having disability, and we have two people who were originally in the bodies of dolls. Yes. They're in human bodies for the vast majority of the Chucky TV series, but that may draw upon the sort of ignorant asexual stereotypes where... Like, historically, if someone was listed as not being in a relationship, it was because of some circumstance. Right. Which that would even be, I, I don't think Glad was using five, but for the people headcanoning five, they're like, oh, well, given circumstance. Right. Either because child body or because of the psychological trauma of having, like, lived throughout this experience. It was something that caused the behavior instead of their natural orientation, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which that isn't to say that aces, like, can't become ace at a certain point because we know that sexuality is fluid and that can and does happen in real life and that is fine. But when it's not stated on screen, when the character is not stated as being ace... And people are literally grasping at straws and trying to use that and pull that out as, like, it is the trauma. It is the fact that... It's something that can happen in real life to real people, but it's not good representation in the current era, at least, on television and movies. Yeah, and it's it's still not stated. If they stated and owned it, if they were like, yes, this person is asexual because of trauma and that's a real thing and it's valid and that would be a bold stance to make on TV at this point in time. And I'd be into it if they didn't actually tiptoe around it or shy away from it. But they they don't because <laughs> it's not stated. And I, I was even trying to find like, where does this Glenn and Glenda asexual come from? So I did my little Google thing, Glenn, Glenda, asexual. And oddly enough, one of the first results that come up is on Avon. And this is from 2017, someone watching The Seed of Chucky. So one of the movies, which the series, like all the movies are canon in this series. The series is basically a sequel to all the movies. And a poster on Avon says, So I was watching The Seed of Chucky the other day and realized that Glenn... Chucky and Tiffany's child, also known as Glenda, is gender fluid and was talking about how cool that is. For gender fluidity to be shown in media is a great thing to break binary stereotypes and all. Also, Glenn slash Glenda's mom, Tiffany, is pretty supportive of them, so it was really funny and cool. Anyone know of any other gender nonconforming characters in media? And this was under a thread entitled Gender Fluidity in Media, Movie Slash TV. So nobody is even saying here on Avon 
that they're head canoning them as ace. And here's the weird thing. At that period of time, there was a single doll body that sometimes went by Glenn and sometimes went by Glenda. So people were thinking, okay, this is, you know, a gender fluid kind of a situation. But now we know that there were two souls in this doll. They were sort of swapping control. Yes. Periodically. And one preferred to go by Glenn and one preferred to go by Glenda, but they are both non-binary. And I thought that was cool because when these souls got put into human bodies for the TV show that we just watched, we have these twins played by the same actor who is also non-binary. The twin who's going by Glenda, which is the more stereotypically feminine name, is the one who has a bit more of a masculine appearance, has nearly shaved head, very short hair. The one who goes by Glenn has very, very long hair. And I think that's cool. <laughs> I I like it. I like them. I really, really do. And the thing is, this TV show, Chucky, is like so surprisingly queer. Like, it's it's very, very queer. And I even found a Screen Rant article from 2021 about how Chucky is secretly the most inclusive horror show on TV. And this author says that... Some are beginning to suspect that a character named Junior might actually be asexual. Well, Junior's only in the first season. He doesn't return to the second season, and we saw nothing to to imply that at all whatsoever. So we gotta stop with this speculating on the characters, because most of them don't come to fruition, and some of them will get erroneously put into the GLAD report. <laughs> super, super weird. And there were even some really great moments in Chucky for, like, just general queer representation. This murder doll found a gay teenager whose dad was not supportive, whose dad was abusive. And this murder doll is like, well, I have a queer kid, you know? And, and this little gay boy is like, oh, really? And you're cool with that? And he's like, well, yeah, I'm not a monster. <laughs> and we were rolling. That was funny. That was so good. And there was even, so Glenn and Glenda's mom is also a murderess, <laughs> and she has many lovers, often at the same time. And there was a situation where someone got murdered in the house, she's worried about her kids, and none of the other lovers who are all in the house know about each other. They all think that, like, they're the only one for her. So they're coming to her, like, one after another in this bedroom, like, trying to have sex with her, but she's trying to do other things. So even though she's very sexual, she's just, like... It was a very funny sequence. Like, a guy comes in and, like, grabs her head and is like, why don't you blow me? And she just, like, crawls on her hands and knees through his legs. And <laughs> was like, no, thank you, not right now. <laughs> And so, and, and I, I turned to you, Rice, after we saw that, and I was like, honestly, I want an asexual character to have a funny sequence like this. Because it was funny, but it was a sexual character who just wasn't interested in it right then. And it's like, we, we could do so much better. And the thing is, unlike Faye, there doesn't seem to be a sizable camp of people who are even headcanoning Glenn and Glenda as ace who by the end of the series are now, maybe I shouldn't say for spoilers in case any of you want to watch, they're going by different names now, but Glenn and Glenda is what people know about most. When I did a little bit of searching 
I couldn't find anything on them at all about asexuality. No, all I found was actually a cruel comment where someone on the Chucky subreddit just said, what is your general opinion on Glenn and Glenda nine months ago? And someone made a really, like, mean-spirited comment saying Glenda slash Glenn isn't even trans. He has multiple personalities in an asexual doll. And it's like, uh, that's the only time I've seen anyone use the word asexual online in relation to Glenn and Glenda. And it's a mean comment. So what the heck, Glad? How? How? So I actually looked into their methodology because I was like, why does this count for you? And the thing is, given their own parameters that they are stating on this, these should not count. Some of these should not. First of all, the time frame is for the 2022 to 2023 season. Counts are based on original scripted series premiering or expected to premiere a new season between June 1st, 2022 and May 31st, 2023. So there was even a period of time where I was like, is there something that's set to premiere next month that Glad has been told there's going to be an asexual character, but they're not allowed to publish what it is yet because it hasn't gone public? That could have been a possibility, but I don't think it is because we found our six. And of the shows we've mentioned, none of them have new seasons coming out within that time frame. Right, yes, because Chucky has been renewed for a third season, but it's projected to start in autumn around like Halloween season. Umbrella Academy has been renewed for a new season, but we don't have a release date yet. They are still filming, I saw, so they're definitely not going to be premiering by then. We also know that the missing two out of the six were on Netflix, specifically. Yes. And so that was another thing. It's like, well, is Faye going to make a reappearance, and are they actually going to explore asexuality on screen? It's like, well, not in the time frame that they're stating. (laughs) And honestly, like at this point, I think if you're going to, as an actress, and then as the producer who reshared that Instagram story, I think if you're going to do that at that point, you are obligated to actually show it on screen after that fact. I think you have to. (laughs) Otherwise, that is the definition of queer baiting. Like, you have to now bring Faye Hargreaves back for the next season after killing her, find some reason to bring her back. The show has done it before, I guess. And actually say the word or give us a scene that is so undeniably asexual that that we can get behind it. Because otherwise, why? What's the point? You're getting people excited for no reason. So that's our time frame. According to GLAD, under their methodology, page four of the report, they are only counting, you know, primetime cable television and certain streaming sites. So the streaming sites that they currently count, Amazon, Hulu, and Netflix are the only ones that they counted prior to this year. But this year they added Apple TV+, Disney+, HBO Max, Peacock, and Paramount+. Plus. So now they have eight streaming sites that they're counting. And they only count regular and recurring characters on programs that premiered between those dates. So if there is a single one-off character that comes in for one episode and says, I'm asexual, and they are not recurring, they will not count it. 
So the sex education character would not have counted in that year. I think if they really wanted to, they could have swung it because she did technically show up again because she was in the school play. Okay, so that's, like that's it, pretty loose on it, recurring. It, yeah. it is loose. It is loose. But I think if they're counting Faye Hargreaves as asexual this year in this year's report, <laughs> even like Glenn and Glenda also, no, nothing, nothing. I don't think in a previous season they counted the character on the Owl House, who was confirmed off screen. Quote, confirmed off screen. So yeah, they're they're playing really fast and loose with what they're counting. But based on their methodology, here's what they say. Characters' sexual orientations are determined based on the specific label a character uses on screen. If that's true, which it is not, then even Cash from Heartbreak High would not count. Because they never said asexual or ace on screen at all. Now, I think he still counts. I think he still counts for ace rep. The scene that Cash was in was unambiguous enough that given the circumstances of Cash working through the processes and trying to figure out their own orientation. Yeah, so I think it counts. And there were a couple of different scenes that it wasn't just a one-off, like, oh, I'm not interested right now. Like, it, it was building up to it. So I do think he counts, but based on what they're saying here, there was not a label used on screen. And yet, how is Glenn and Glenda there? How is Faye there? There was no label used on screen for Faye, and there wasn't even an unambiguous scene for Faye like there was for Cash. But then they say, for series which have not yet aired, so let's say something's set to premiere in April... And the network has told Glad these are the queer characters that are going to be in this show. For series which have not yet aired, the characters' sexual orientations are determined by what has been confirmed by content providers and or creators in official promotional material for the series. I'm going to say an Instagram story by an actress is not official promotional material. <laughs> so by their own parameters... Even though we say there were three asexual characters in a show premiering during that period of time, we would be okay with three. But based on their own parameters, it sounds like there should only be two. Elijah on Big Mouth said the word asexual. Abby Singh in The Imperfect said the word asexual. That would only be two. Why are they inflating the numbers? When they're saying like, oh, there's a severe lack of representation, we need more... Why are they inflating the numbers? And what other orientations have they played really fast and loose with what characters count? Because at least, at least the ace characters are few enough in number, and we have our eyes on ace representation anyway, that we, we could fill in the blanks that weren't stated on the report. But like, I'm not going to do that for you know, almost 200 lesbian characters because we, we don't have the full list. So we don't know that's, all the characters they're counting. That's the thing, though. If they fully opened up their methodology and we saw just a list of everyone, there are enough people online with enough time on their hands to go through and nitpick that list. Yes. I mean, you could argue that's what we're doing is nitpicking the list, but... Just with, with, <laughs> with six of them instead of 600. Right, right, right. And the thing is, we already saw most of these because... We have our eyes on Ace Rep. We know what's going on because it's so few in numbers. So when Glenn and Glenda from Chucky comes out of nowhere and hits us like a truck, 
<laughs> because we didn't even know that this was a TV series. Like, yeah, we're going to be curious and look into that. We watched all of Chucky. There was no ace rep. And yet those are two of the characters that were mentioned by name in the report. So what? I am, I'm very, very confused. I'm very disappointed. I would be more willing to forgive the error of the CEO saying there are eight characters when the report itself says six. I'd be more willing to dismiss that as an error if I agreed with the six that they stated. Because <laughs> then I could just be out here and saying, hey, everyone, the bullet points are saying there are eight, but there are only six. Go to this page of the report. It says there are only six. That's your answer. That's the real number. But it's so much more complicated than that. They've made our work so much harder. <laughs> Which also means that their numbers are probably off, because now they're saying, you know, 1% of characters are asexual. It's like, less than that. <laughs> also, I mean, we have an odd sample size, because we investigated six characters with a widely misunderstood orientation. Yes. But that's still half of the characters we investigated were incorrect. Yes. <laughs> so, so what's the rest of the report? What? Yeah, exactly. What is the rest of the report? And that's why, that's why I wanted to look into their methodology, because part of me thought maybe they didn't have anyone watching these shows, which for the entire queer spectrum, this is like way too many shows for just a one or a, a small few people to look through and assess. So I could forgive them if they didn't have someone watch every single one of these shows. And I thought maybe, just maybe, Netflix went to GLAAD and said... We have these many asexual characters on our platform. These are the shows they're on. And maybe Netflix was fudging things? Because the thing is, at this point, these networks know that GLAAD does this. And they know that not only does GLAAD put out these official reports, there are news articles about queer representation and what GLAAD has found. And then GLAAD on their own website will occasionally do like, here are our favorite asexual characters on TV right now. Here are our favorite gay and lesbian characters. Like, they will put out articles like that. So it would behoove the networks to get on this list. And the thing is, Netflix doesn't even have to try that hard because they don't have to inflate the numbers if no other streaming site has any ace characters at all, period. <laughs> but I thought, maybe this is it. It's just the network saying, hey, glad these are ace characters. Maybe, and, and then I thought, well, that's weird for sci-fi to say, here's the queerest show that we have. Here's the queerest horror show that's around right now. And for them to just like pump up different orientations that aren't even there, I thought that would be weird. And sci-fi probably isn't doing that. So... But we have no real way of knowing without an analysis of the underlying data. Right. We have no way of knowing. And also by their own methodology, that means they are lying about their methodology. Because <laughs> it says characters' sexual orientations are determined based on the specific label a character uses on screen. That takes it down to two. And they're only saying they're taking the network's word for it in official promotional material for the series, and only if it has not aired yet as of the time their report comes out. None none of those have I seen for any of these, because otherwise if we googled, like, Faye Hargreaves asexual, we'd be seeing a news report saying, Faye Hargreaves is going to make a return on season four of the Umbrella Academy, going to explore ace identity. Like, we would see an article if it was official promotional material, right? 
And it's just, I don't know, it's a little disappointing with how often we do get fed these crumbs of representation. You mentioned the Owl House character, Lilith. People in the fandom are going to say that Lilith is canonically Arrow Ace. But we did an entire episode about her, and she is not. That is a very queer show with a lot of explicitly stated identities. And Lilith is not ever stated on screen as being Arrow or Ace. And yet we are told, as the Ace community, like, this is your rep. <laughs> and it, it it's just not. And we know how little representation there is for us in our community on TV. And this is why GLAD does this report to highlight how little rep there is. And yet the official report that comes out every single year that's supposed to highlight how little we have seems to be artificially inflating the numbers. Because honestly, like eight asexual characters still doesn't sound great. But if they followed their own methodology and they said there are only two ace characters on TV, that's a lot more jarring. <laughs> That is a lot more jarring. And of those two, one is on a show that got canceled. That's even worse. Because The Imperfects got canceled. There isn't going to be another season of that. Big Mouth, I understand, has been renewed. So there is going to be more of that character in the future. So, like, that's the real story here. <laughs> there are at most three. At most three. And only two of them are probably going to ex be explored further. That's it. That That's the story here that Glad should be sharing. That's what we should be seeing in news articles right now. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I'm halfway tempted to write up my own little report summary and send it to Glad. They do say that everything in the report is, is true to the best of their knowledge, but that it's subject to change based on what happens throughout the series or what doesn't happen. So I wonder if anyone pointed out to you, pointed out to them that first of all, the number eight is what's getting shared in all of the talking points. Even your own report doesn't say that. But also based on your own methodology, these don't count. We checked. <laughs> and I don't know, perhaps there is a way to request like you were saying, the raw data. What What is the list? <laughs> what are the characters? I don't know if that's something they'd ever share with us, but maybe we can at least get the report adjusted and a little more correct at least. Yeah, and I understand that there may be some characters in this report that they are legally obligated to not share because the airing season is not over yet. There's a couple of more months. Mm -hmm. But once that passes... What would be the reason to hold on to that information? I even I even went back to some previous years to see how they've handled the wording of the report for characters that hadn't aired yet, but were going to. And they even stated, like, there is to be another character on this platform that we are obligated not to share or cannot currently be named. So they have stated, like, there's a character, but we can't share it with you. And it's nothing's worded like this now either, so it's certainly not the case for Ace Identity. It could be for others. Easily, it could be for others. Because, you know, spoiler alerts. And here's why it's so disappointing. Glad themselves say, 
that they use the findings of the Where We Are on TV report to create change within the television industry, using it as a tool to advocate for greater diversity of representation of LGBTQ characters on television. That is a noble goal. I'm glad they do that. (laughs) They've got to fix their numbers. If they're already saying eight is far too few asexual characters, what if we told them there are only two or three based on their own methodology? Like, get on it. We need more. And I suppose that's also another good opportunity to state that we can't, as such an underrepresented community, rely on TV. We can't rely on cable, broadcast television. We can't rely on Netflix and other streaming sites because they are probably the slowest industry (laughs) to actually get the representation out there. If you just want to see yourself represented in media, there are so many YA novels that are especially coming out within the last couple years that have ace rep. It is out there. We have books. We have graphic novels. We have comics. We have still not nearly enough in video games, but we do have some in video games also. And that's why we try to cover some of those things as well. We've covered (laughs) so many TV characters, but we try to also say, here are books, here are video games, because we need to look to other mediums that have a more indie presence where individual ace people can say, I want to create something, and they can make it happen. It is so much harder. There are so many gatekeepers in the television industry that even when there are aces out there with a hope and a dream and a story to tell, even if they get it out there, it's gonna take time. It takes so much time before it makes it to TV. So that's something we've got to keep in mind as we continue advocating for more representation. So that is going to be all for us for today. Please make sure to let us know what you think of these characters. (laughs) Do you agree with our assessment that some of them that made it into the report just don't count? Give us a comment on YouTube or tweet at us. And we will see you all next time.